This is Aaliyah S. King. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Aaliyah. Welcome to Writing Practice, episode three. Uh, I was in the middle of writing a piece that is one that I'm particularly proud of. And also in this episode, I talk about that story and what comes along with having 3,000 words to discuss a segment of anyone's life. From there, I start talking about how you have to earn out your royalties. So this episode gives you some really good insight on what it means to sell a book, get a decent advance, and how you can earn out the royalty for your publisher and move on with your life and hopefully get another deal. Someone on this episode in the comments, her name is Leah Lakin, and she is a ghostwriter, a collaborator, and a writing coach, and she's dope. She says in the episode, and this really wraps it all up, the writing is up to you, the sales are up to God. Enjoy. Hey, all. I will not be able to do a full hour today because I spent time getting ready for today and I have a daily 1 p.m. meeting for work. <clears throat> Where's work, you might add? We'll get into that later. Um, so I put up three potential things. Molly, do you have those three things handy or do I need to make a new tab and look at what I said? Uh, I remember there was a time where you were like, together, you'll be like, First, no, we no, have no. James Harriot would like to know. You used to read my question. Well, you know, I can't hear myself because you're coming to hide. Oh, sorry. Um, no, I never got those parts. That was one thing I always missed. But it's uh, covering tragedy. Yep. It is taking breaks between projects and what yep. that looks and feels like. Yep. I don't know. I don't remember what number three was. Number three was. I literally just put the post up. Like, what? Fifteen minutes ago. I need this louder. Can you so, turn my headphones up? Can you turn my mic up? Is that what we're doing now? <laughs> uh, let's see. You didn't even play your song. I didn't, but I'm about to. Um, three was, oh, getting an agent. I like to throw that in when I can't think of something because it never gets old and people always, always need it. And I'm always really proud of my answer because I never read it before in a book and I've never heard someone approach it like I have. So let's look. Three, three, three. So far it's unanimous that we're gonna be talking about agents, but I'll start with agents and then we'll see what people say as we get started. Um, we haven't talked about like new equipment in here, have we? We had a whole lot about the new equipment. Not with this group. Sunday's different. Yeah, sure. So, I'm coming to you from Molly and I have a whole like studio situation happening now at Third Space. My office is at Third Space, 142 Lafayette Street, Newark, New Jersey. Three blocks away from where, Molly? What are we three blocks away from? Prudential Center. From the Prudential Center. Are you looking for office space? Looking for a podcast room? Looking for a hot desk? You want to come to Third Space, 142 Lafayette Street, New York, New Jersey. Ask for Kenny Miles. Tell him Aaliyah sent you. Except we're not in the podcast room anymore. We're not. But there's still a podcast room. It, and there he is. Kenny Miles literally just walked by. You know why? Because he heard me and he said, I need to go make sure that everything is set for 
anyone who wants to come in here and rent some office space. That's what just happened. Um, so we get to do fun things now, like play sound effects. Molly wasn't ready. And uh, play music, which I don't think I'm supposed to be playing this. Um, but this is SWV's cosign. And I was telling Molly that I play this game with Maisie, the 12 year old, called What Decade Is This From? And it can be 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s. And I play a song and she has to tell me what decade it's from. It's pretty good. So I played this song for her. And she's like, Mom, I'm not doing this one. And I said, Why not? She was like, Come on, just give me a challenge, even. Like, you know, I, I'm going to get this one. And I'm like, really? She was like, I don't even need a decade. I can tell you the year. And I was like, really? She was like, uh, this is the lady with the long nails. And it's 1996. And I was like, ma'am, this song is brand new. SWV Coastline. So Molly said that's not fair because it clearly sounds 30 years old. But it ain't. I'm a big SWV fan. Um, so let's get started. I'm into the coastline, y'all. Isn't that fun? We can start off with a little music trivia. Um, that's where I came from. I'm not sure if y'all know that, but I got my start as a journalist in the music industry. My first job was at Billboard magazine in 1998. And I had to keep up with the charts and I had to keep up with the mom and pop stores who were reporting to Billboard weekly sales. Um, from there, I went to the source, obviously a music magazine. So although I don't really write about music as much these days, hey, Jimmy, um, it's still my base. So I love music super much. So we can still talk about that. Um, I'm sorry, James. I don't know if I'm supposed to be calling you Jimmy. You may have changed over to James as James often do. They don't always state Jimmy's. Molly, isn't your dad's name Jimmy? Yes, he is. Your brother always says funny things about Jimmy. Jimmy is a treasure. Yes, a national treasure, so I hear. Okay, so let's start with agents. Uh, hmm. Uh, the one thing I always tell people when they're looking for an agent. Now, obviously, let's start with you should be done with your project or at least done with the proposal. You don't, you can reach out to an agent and say, I wanna write a book about X, Y, Z, but you may not get the luck and the feedback that you want because they're busy and they're in the business of selling books, not creating them or editing them or making them appear. Some do. Uh, I have a very exciting story that I wanna share when contracts are signed about my agent uh, putting together a project specifically for me. Um, but that's because I've been her client for four years. So you have your project done. You wrote your book, you have your proposal. And let's start with Ty. Ty just said, how do you know when to look for an agent? Your project is done. You've had an editor look over it. Um, or if it's not, okay, so let's talk about fiction versus nonfiction. If you're writing a novel and you want an agent, you need to finish it. An agent's not taking on somebody they can't tell can see their way all the way through to a novel. But let's say you're writing a nonfiction book. I don't know, something like The 50 Baddest Bitches Rocking Gray Hair in the 20th Century. Cough, cough, because one of the baddest to do gray hair in the world is on this feed right now today. 
So let's say that's your book. You don't have to finish that entire book. You can take that idea, write a book proposal for it, and shop it around to different agents. And then it's the agent's job to sell it to. But most nonfiction books, they don't expect you to write the whole thing because they want to see where you're going first to determine if they're interested in it. So for the most part, once your book is done, if you've done it on your own, I suggest you hire an editor to give it a good look-see. Oh, and one of them just popped into the feed. What's going on today? Leah is on the feed right now. Please click on her and go straight to her website. She's an amazing writing coach. She's an amazing ghostwriter. She's all the things. Um, so if she has time to take you on, you would want to reach out to my name, Leah. I swear Leah has never been on my feet. I swear I'm not, we're not coordinating, mm -hmm. but she's, <laughs> right. but she's here and she's dope. Um, so you've done that part and you know, your, your, your project is either done or the proposal is done one or the other. And don't forget if it's fiction, it needs to be completed down to the end. No agent is going to take a half written novel and just guesstimate whether or not you're going to A, be able to finish it or B, it'll be good. But nonfiction, we can see with two sample chapters and a really good outline what you're working with. We can tell. And then with nonfiction, your agent might want to tweak it for you. And if it's all the way done, they might just push it to the side and say, eh, she went this way with it. I wouldn't have. And that's it. But she might say, oh, you're doing a book on the baddest women to rock gray hair in the 20th century. Hmm. You should have men in there too. And then it's like, okay, boom, you've only done two chapters. So you can incorporate that and keep that agent's attention instead of you wrote the whole book and now there's no wiggle room there. Um, so fiction, finish it. Nonfiction, write a proposal. I cannot talk to you about how to write a proposal. Not today. That's a whole, actually. Can I ask a quick question? Sure. So agent says they want to do a tweak or whatever it is, and you want to do that to maintain interest. How much do you let them tweak? Is it probably to keep true to the book or to get the agent? Because they can tweak in a way that you may not completely agree with, but the importance of getting an agent is paramount. It's up to you where you want the book to be. You want it to be on your desktop? Then don't take the agent's suggestions. You want it in a bookstore? Then do what the agent tells you to do. Um, because you would have chosen one that you believe in and you would have chosen an agent that has done something similar to what you've done. So you should be able to trust them. If you don't trust what the agent is telling you to tweak it, you don't have the right agent. There should be no doubt in your mind that this person knows what's best. Um, okay, now it's time to look for an agent. I'm gonna tell you what I have done and what I've told others to do. And it's super simple, but we're gonna talk about it again. You're gonna go to the bookstore or look on Amazon. I prefer you to go to the bookstore if there are any more bookstores left. Find five books that are similar to the book that you wanna write or you're writing, five. I used to say 10 back in the day, but I'll say five. Um, if you're writing a book, I'm gonna keep using this as my example. You're writing a book about the baddest women to rock gray hair in the 20th century. You're gonna find books on badass women you're going to find books on hairstyles. You're going to find books on a memoir about someone who cut her hair. Anything that can remotely see the person who buys this fiction, this fiction book for you. Who, what other books did they go in the store to buy? So go in the store with the idea that the person who's buying your book is going into the bookstore to buy books. 
What are they buying? What's similar? So let's say you're writing a novel and your novel is about the Real Housewives, a Real Housewives type of vibe. And you go in the bookstore and you see Platinum by Leah Eskin. And this is my book, by the way. 10th year, 10 year anniversary. It's coming up in a couple months, which I don't know if that makes me, <laughs> I don't know if that makes me happy or freaked out that this book is 10 years old. Um, but you see it and you say, wait, my book is somewhat similar to Aaliyah S. King's book. Open the book. Um, you know what makes me sad about this particular copy? It says on the inside, love you, love you, love you, Aaliyah. So why do I have it? I know I didn't write that to myself. This belongs to someone I loved times three and they don't have it. I have it. Uh, so we look at the dedication, read through that and see who they're talking about in that dedication. And then you go to the back and you go to the acknowledgements. I'm telling you, this is going to work for nine out of 10 books that you read. You go to the acknowledgements. Here's mine. The first line, I want to thank my agent. Ryan Fisher Harbage for planting the seed for this novel. I can't thank him enough for this idea and for pushing me to complete it. In ways both personal and professional, he's been in my corner since 1998. First line, there's no such thing as a book where the author doesn't thank their agent. It just doesn't happen. It comes before their loved ones. It comes before their spouses. It comes before their fans. We always thank our agents unless something horrible happened and, you know, I've been, I have thanked agents that didn't represent me for that book because of whatever they did to, for me before that book. So that's really the bulk of what you're going to do. Find a book that's similar to yours. Find the author that's similar to you and find out who their agent is. Now, does not re represent me, but he represented me for this book. So it's worth thinking about who he is and who he represents. And I'm realizing maybe I shouldn't have just threw his name all up and in, in this live, but what else? Um, Aaliyah sent me. Aaliyah sent me. <laughs> Aaliyah sent me. Um, Aaliyah taught me. Aaliyah taught me. I knew you were going to say that. So you go to the bookstore, you look up the books that are similar, or look up the authors that are similar, and find out who represent them, who represents them. You now know exactly who shot this book around this book went out to 12 publishers and he was responsible for interfacing with every last one of them. So do you want to contact him 10 years later for a book that's similar? No, there are some platinums that are on stands right now that have off agents that work those books right now because the publishers that he, you know, worked with at that time may not even be there. So you want to look at current books, not older books. Um, if it's sci-fi, who is repping authors in sci-fi? If it's mystery, if it's celebrity memoir, whatever it is, there's an agent that likely specializes in that. And what you're gonna do, I promise you, if you send a pitch letter and you say, my name is Mulligan, I have a book called Garnet, and it's very similar to the book Platinum that you repped for Aaliyah S. King. I think you might want to take a look at it. I think I'm, I've done a good job. And then you write your regular pitch letter that you write with a query letter for an agent. That will have a potential agent that will catch their attention. You know why? Because you're showing that you did some homework. 
Just starting off the typical letter, hi, my name is Mulligan. This is my book, so-and-so. I'm looking for representation. You can do that too. But to be able to say, hey, you remember that New York Times bestseller you repped? Well, I did my research on you and I think I can make a good addition to your roster. I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but that's what I would have you do. Is there a general format to these letters or? There is. Um, you can just query, query letters and find, you know, mm. formatted ones. I would ask, I would suggest you have somebody read it over for you before you send it. Nothing you write is good enough to send out without some another pair of eyes on it. Nothing. Not a book, not a letter, not a query, nothing you can ever write in this process as an author and a writer is good enough to go out without someone else reading it. Even when people email me for things, like for my day job, I don't know if I can call it my day job, but um, I always look at, I sometimes look at their emails and say, you didn't have anyone look over this before you sent this to me. You literally just dashed this off because of something I just said on Twitter. You didn't take your time with this. And that doesn't mean I'm not going to respond, but if you don't take your time to send an email to me, would you take your time to write a story for me? Or are you going to dash that off too? So I pay attention to first um, impressions via email and writing and such. So you should too. My nephew, Owie, is here. Hi, Owie. Um, oh, thank you, Kimberly. Um, I'm hoping to see another book out this year. I hope. Okay. Did I miss anything on agenting? Please ask me a question before I, we move on. I couldn't tell you because I've never had an agent or pitched an agent. So You I'm, can tell me based on someone who doesn't have an agent and hasn't pitched an agent on whether or not you still have questions about the agenting process. Fair. Um, so maybe we move on and then let me think. My what am I thinking about? Um Shannon. <gasps> Shannon, I owe an email. I saw your email. You're so dope. You're the best. You're literally the best, Shannon. Hi, Shannon. <laughs> I'm gonna email you as soon as I'm done. I'm so glad you just popped up here because I totally owe you an email. Uh Okay, so I was not wanting to say this because I don't want to. Shane just asked if you currently have an agent. Yes, I do. I do have an agent. Um, I don't know if it's appropriate for me to uh, blow her up here. I guess it doesn't matter. She's not taking clients. Her list is closed right now. Um, and she's amazing. Uh yeah, that's the answer <laughs> to that. Wait, it says it on my everything. Um, so it's kind of silly, but it's on my, if you go to my about.me page or my website or whatever, it tells you who reps me. If you want to look at her list and see the types of people that she represents. I actually ended up with my agent in a strange way. Um, I didn't pitch her. I was referred to her for some, for a legal issue I was having. And they said, she said, I will help you with this legal issue, but I'm not accepting new clients and I'm not reading your work, but I'll help you get extracted from this contract you're in. And I said, okay. So she did what she could do when she had her lawyers work on what she could work on for me. And she said, out of curiosity, can I see what you're working on? And I sent it to her and she hit me back a couple of days later. And she said, I want to rep this book and I want to rep everything you write for good. And I just, 
she's dope and she's been amazing. Um, I've only had three agents in 20 years, 23 years actually. Um, so I've been very, very lucky. Um, I've never not, since the first time I had an agent, I've never not had one. Um, what is the normal turnover for agents? Is there one? Cause you're saying only three, is that like in 20 years, do people have five agents, 10 agents? Yeah. I think you usually either are with one person for the duration or I think it's like anything like management or, mm. you know, sports agents or any of those types of fields. You get hired, you get fired. Sometimes. And sometimes you grow out of an agency. I, one thing I've always been lucky with, though, is that I've always punched up. Like, I've always had an agent where I was the lowest on the totem pole. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like, you know, I'm going to get rid of you because I'm getting bigger now. Right. I've never had that scenario. So, um, oh, that was the other thing I wanted to say about agenting. A person, we'll call her Jane Doe, called me up a couple of days ago. First, she emailed me and said, I need help. Someone has approached me about ghostwriting a book. I want to know how much I should charge them. I want to know um, how long it's going to take me. What kind of contract should I write up? All these things she was asking. And I was about to hit her back. And I was like, just call me. So she calls me. And I realized, like, you need an agent. So Jane Doe was like, I need this, I need that. Tell me how to do this. And I was like, wait a second. Jane, you need an agent. So I love when people ask me for help. I am, to my detriment, I'm the one that writers would be like, help. And I'll be like, what's going on? What do you need? What happened? I'm that person and I'm fine with that. But there comes a point, which is a good thing, when I can't help you anymore. And she and I have talked over the years and I've given her pep talks about stuff. And she's given me pep talks about stuff. But now that's done. When you start talking about what should my contract say, how much money should I charge them? How long should it take for me to finish the book? No, boo, you can't do that on your own. So she felt uncomfortable because the party that wants her to write the book for them does not have representation. So that's where things get real effed up when they don't have representation and you don't. Y'all come together with some ridiculousness that's not even binding and then it's a mess. So what she doesn't realize, I said, just look up an agent that you think would make sense for this book and tell them you got money on the table. Agents don't play with somebody got money on the table. Tell them, I don't know if I need representation, but I know I need somebody to handle this deal for me. Somebody calls her back. She did what I said. She looked up the names that she thought might work the next day. The next day, someone perfect for her in this project, hit her up like, what's up? What you need? You need me to just draft a contract for you? Why wouldn't he want to get in the business of someone who's just starting out? You start out writing, he'll be there for the big deal. So... When it's time to get an agent, don't feel like you don't want to spend the money. An agent is going to charge you anywhere between 10% and 25% of everything you do. And not just while you're their client. My client, my agent from 10 years ago still gets 10 or 15% of everything I wrote um, while I was his client. All the contracts that he drafted for me, he gets 10 to 15%. For our deal, it was 10% for things that he didn't get for me. So if someone called him and said, I want to lead to write my book, he got 10%. But if it were things that projects he put together for me, he got 
my current agent, it's 20% overall. Whether someone comes to me or they come direct to her, she gets 20%. And when I tell y'all that she earns every freaking cent of that 20%, here's why. My agent is not a game. And people know when I, I have had situations where people where people want to talk to me about a project and I say, I think I could be interested in this. Call my agent, you know, Victoria, and, and they're like, wait, she's your agent? Yes. <sighs> Never mind. Because they know, like, we already know what the deal is. And sometimes it's been difficult. I'll be like, can you, somebody's going to call you. And I know they got pennies, but I got no pennies. And she'll say, nah, then you don't need an agent. If you don't want me to go hard in the paint for the money that you actually deserve, then you don't need me. Go find another agent that's willing to take 10% of 10% of three pennies. Because I'm taking 20% of a healthy check. You need this right here? Then go get somebody who'll take, who's happy with 10% of $50. So I've had to leave deals on the table because I know it's not what I'm worth. And she'll always make me get what I'm worth. And that hurts sometimes. Sometimes I just need a check. And I can't go around. You don't like do a deal outside of your agent. Ever. Ever. That's You don't do that or you'll end up unagented. Um, when I finally let go and decided to let her actually make sure I earned what I was supposed to earn, um, I don't even get those calls anymore. So people know my worth because of who represents me. Don't we always determine someone's worth by who's next to them? Of course we do. And a good agent helps determine your worth. Now, I'm talking to you with 21 years of experience. I'm not new. So if you're new, you're not, that's fine. You may not have an agent who's breaking down doors and saying, pay her five times the going rate for X, Y, Z. No, you're new. So I get it. And you may not even be able, she may not rep you. Someone on her level may want you to sell some books first before she'll represent you. Um, but it's still a good thing to think about. So to Jane Doe, I know you're on. Um, I'm happy that you're going to be represented with this deal. That's important. You're there now. It sneaks up on you. The water will rise to meet you. That's what I say all the time. Okay, um, I'll still answer agent questions if you have them. But the takeaway, go in the bookstore, look for similar books, figure out who the author thanked, follow that author and agent on Twitter. That's new. I couldn't do that 10 years ago. Do some intel, figure them out. No DMs, please, no DMs. And then see, come up with a list. Come up with a little spreadsheet of all the agents you think would make sense for your book. I think we all know we don't do simultaneous submissions. Are we getting that deep into it? No, we're just talking about finding agents, but you have to query one agent at a time. And if it takes them six months to get back to you, oh, well, it takes six months. You can't pitch more than one agent at a time because if by chance they come back around and say, I like this, let's talk about repping. And you already have someone repping, there's no coming back from that. Don't do it. Just wait. What you can do is say it's been six months or three months or two days, whatever. I'm removing this from submission. I'm assuming that you were not interested and I'm going to pitch it elsewhere. Um, and even that might not be 
the best idea. Basically, you got to take your time and make sure you. So what most agents will do is they're pretty good with hitting back right away. They'll either say not interested, not right for our list, or we're not taking on folks at this time. Um, but do not, do not query more than one agent at the same time. No bueno. It's no bueno. Okay. Um, what was two? Covering tragedy. No, oh, no was two was, that was one. Two was uh, taking breaks. Okay. Um, sorry. Uh, oh, what are you saying? Stay with agents? Uh, Why I are guess, you miming things? You can talk. I don't know. I, I guess that one is like, eh. eh, mm. eh? I think we covered, we've talked about when to take breaks before and different things. And just think, yeah, it's okay. Melly's saying don't talk about taking breaks. But people, can you look at it and see? Uh, Yes, Ty, pitch wisely. And also put your wish list of agents in order that you would want them. So your number one, you start there and you'd be willing to hold out for as long as possible there. And then you go from there. And it's okay to follow up. Though you most uh, agent websites are really good with saying, we'll get back to you in six weeks or don't follow up. Or if you haven't heard, give us a nudge, etc. cetera. Um, See, Adrian is saying, talk about the Zane story, which is part of number two. And talk about number two. You said number two. Um, so pitch wisely, put your agent together. Oh, one more thing I want to say about agents. And I don't want to say this because I don't want y'all to think I'm trying to... Actually, y'all won't think that. If you're, If it's fiction and you're really serious about your fiction and you want to publish with the top with the big three and you want a traditional experience, um, you're looking for an advance and bookstores and stuff, you kind of really need to have a consultant working with you, either a coach or an editor or someone who can help you through the entire process. And the reason what, <laughs> so the reason why I don't, I, I feel a way about saying that is because that's what I do. I currently have four clients that I'm working through that process. But it's okay for me to tell you this because I'm not taking on any new clients right now. Yay! So I'm not saying this for me. Um, I do think it's really important to have someone in the industry uh, kind of holding your hand. Um, the same way if your kid is showing some basketball prowess, you're gonna have a shooting instructor right there. Or you're going to have a consultant figuring out how to get them into the, the best colleges and the scholarships and the coaching and all that. I think if you can afford it and if it's important, it's best to hire someone who is molding and shepherding you to the finish line. Because my four clients, I'm going to do everything I can in my power to make sure they have an agent only because it's best for my business to make sure these books are on the shelves. So you need someone in your circle to make sure that it fits, it behooves them to having something in the bookstore. You know what I mean? So again, I'm not saying this for my own business. I'm not taking on new clients. I'm, I have more than enough on my plate right now, right, Shannon? Um, and I'm not. But there's like Leah, I don't know if Leah is working with uh, writers right now, but she does amazing work. Ty, you should talk to Leah. She's in the uh, comment. Um, I'm actually going to just reply right now to Leah. Um, and Leah is like, 
she's super plugged in to publishing because not only is she coaching, but she's also ghostwriting. Um, so she can tell you, and she's got an agent and she, her clients all have agents. You kind of want somebody in the game, seriously. Um, so most of us need a handholder. Like Ty just said, you need an editor. The book I'm working right on right now, if I didn't have a, an independent editor that I was working on before it even gets to my agent, it wouldn't exist. And she's been holding my hand for two years two years she's been holding my hand and my agent hired her because i'm a baby and my edit every time she gave me edits back on this novel i was like a mess so she said i don't have time for this she brought someone else in to be my hand holder and it wouldn't see the light of day without it so think about that think about a hand holder also known as a consultant also known as a coach also known as an editor not copy editing you pay someone separately for a full run copy edit that's different they're not looking for tone or character development or plot none of that they're just looking at words um whoever you hire for that is going to help you get an agent not guaranteed but they'll at least help you get in the right direction um will just ask if he could suggest a literary agent with 20 years experience into this thread i'll allow it um for sure so Michelle, you see though, like I'm always nice to Molly, like always. And he just, the sass, that's what my daughter calls it. She'll say, I don't need that sass with you right now. This is what we're doing now. Because <laughs> the sass is just unacceptable. Um, hey, Vanna. So breaks, do you need to take breaks? I believe that the reason why it came up is because someone was asking me advice on how to get back on track with a project they were working on. Michelle's team Mully, so you know. And- I wanna know who's not team Mully. That's the important thing for me. I was about to say some names just popped into oh, my head. And uh, I was like, that wouldn't be nice. Thanks for tuning in folks. I got some uh, <laughs> conversations to have. Uh, and I, when I was talking to her and I was asking her a writing schedule and all that stuff, I realized She's just, she's not, she should not be writing right now. And that's okay. It is very okay to not be writing. And I'm saying that because I have to remind myself of that sometimes. Like, it's okay. And I don't think everyone works that way. I know some people are super prolific. I have written five books in 20 years. That doesn't really seem like a lot to me. Um, but there are people who haven't written any in 20 years. So, and there are people who have Stephen King's probably written a hundred, 200. I don't know. Um, have there been times where I just didn't write at all? Absolutely. Um, I was in the throes of a really debilitating, debilitating depression. Um, and I once did not even open my laptop for a year and a half, like, it was in a drawer somewhere. When I think back to that, I just, I can't imagine a full year going by and me never touching my laptop. Didn't touch it. Um, and then as mysteriously as it came, it went away. I was back on track. I still can go a really long time uh, without writing, especially if I'm not really disciplined. But for me, part of it is because I have to write every day for work. Like 
Right now, I am in the middle of writing a 3,000 word story that is haunting me. Um, uh, sorry. I just had a Slack comment I had to. Um, 3,000 words, due two days ago, dipping and dodging and trying to avoid people um, because I'm not done yet. So it's hard for me to say, oh, I'm not writing right now because I'm always writing. But book six, book six, something, my next book, I don't work on it every day like I should. Um, and it's 75% done. And I gave it to my editor a couple weeks ago. And now I just have to wait for her feedback before I finish it. Um, and even then, I think it's not going to be an easy finish. When I've gotten to the place I am right now in the past with my other books, it was smooth, smooth. Um, Ty just mentioned something that I want to talk about. She said, I wrote my first book over three years ago and it didn't do as well as I expected it. So now I'm in my feelings about my ability to write. I'll slide in your DM for your email, Leah. Ty, you know this already, but I'm gonna tell you this again. We have no control over how these books are gonna do. You know that. We just, it's so much more than just how we get the words on the page. What time of the year did it come out? What did the cover look like? How much touring did they allow you to do? What was your marketing budget? What were your social media numbers? You know how often publishers will look at your social media numbers and just decide right there how much you're going to put into your marketing budget? How much did you put in to your publicity? Was it about the was it about the product? Was it about the writing? Or was it about dollars and cents? Um, but Ty, first of all, I thank you for your vulnerability here. Um, but Leah just said straight facts. The writing's up to you. The sales are up to God. But I know why. I know I can understand not being able to shake that feeling. Um, I still feel that way. Uh, I had a meeting last year with someone who wanted me to ghostwrite something. I wasn't interested. I the guy just something about him I just didn't like. He was a motivational speaker, and I felt like he was kind of full of crap. And I did this conference call. And there were all these people on the line with him. It was like five people, his agent, his manager, his publicist, and his wife, and his this, and his trainer, and all these people. And I was on the line like, mm -hmm. and they're like, well, what do you think you can do about this? And what do you, how would you approach this? And what about scheduling? Because he's very busy. And I was just like doing the song and dance and shaking and chucking and jiving and cooning. And I can do this and I can do that. And then this guy's like, uh, so my, I have a question. I went into the official publishing, blah, blah, blah. There's like this place you can go to see everybody's sales down to the, like, you just sold two today. And you have to pay a bazillion dollars to access it. It's kind of like Billboard or whatever databases exist where you can get studies or whatever. And he was like, I don't know if you're right for us because your first book only sold X amount of copies. And we're not sure if that's worthy of the amount of money you're saying you want to write this book. I felt so shitty. I had like tears coming down my eyes because I knew that A, I didn't even want to write your crappy book. And B, I know I could write the shit out of your crappy book. Like I already had it written in my head just based on his YouTube videos. So the idea that they would, they would limit what I can do to copies of a book I sold, a novel, which has nothing to do with what you're talking about. 
You're saying you don't want to pay me what I'm worth. So he said, we'll pay you this much since you haven't proven yourself in sales. So of course I politely declined and my uh, agent was like, like, this is ridiculous. Um, I, I was devastated. I really was. I was devastated. Um, let sales determine that kind of thing. We just can't like, it's easier said than done, but you should just lean into it. Just lean into it. You know, what'll help. A writing schedule. You have a writing schedule. Do you write three times a week for an hour? It's the answer to everything. Produce, 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 produce. I've always been told that before you send it, when you sent out the first book, you were supposed to be working on the next book. Because when you see that book is not selling, whether that book is selling like hotcakes or not selling at all, you should already be on the next project. I know. Two minutes. I know. I'm going to say that again. Whether your book is selling off the charts or not selling at all, once you get a book deal, after you have your celebratory dinner, get started on the next project immediately. Don't allow the sales of that book to determine your worth. Don't you dare lower your head in extreme shame. But I will say this, you have control over how you're gonna feel about this. And pretty much the only way you can dig out of this is by doing the things. And I'm saying this because I know it's true, but I'm, I'm also quite clear that I don't always do what I'm telling you to do. Um, my Zane story. For Platinum, I was sent to the Essence Fest, um, which was awesome and fun as a new writer to have all these fancy events and sign books. I think the Essence Fest is the first place I ever actually signed my own book. Um, I had written Keep the Faith with Faith Evans a couple of years before, but I never signed those books because it wasn't really my book. Um, or did I? No, I don't think I did. I think my friends or somebody might have been like, whatever. But for the most part, I wasn't going to book signings. Um, so I go to Essence and it's exciting. And I go to a couple of events in the New Orleans area. And one day they tell me, um, a car's coming to pick you up and you're going to XYZ bookstore. It's like way far out, about an hour outside of New Orleans. Um, and you're doing a few dates with Zane. And I was like, wow, Zane. This is awesome. Didn't know her work very well. I may have looked through one of her books, but it wasn't really for me, I'll say. Um, oh, I gotta hurry up because it's now one o'clock. And when we got there, there was, I sat down next to her and she had a line of people about 200 people long out the store and down the street. And there was me. There was nobody there for me. Her line was so long and moving so slow that some people got out of her line, came over to me, randomly flipped through my book, bought it, had me sign it, and then went back over to stay in line. I didn't sell any books that day except for the overflow. This is Molly telling me I need to go. Can we not? Yeah, okay. Um, so Molly and I mean, Zane and I got to talking. And she picked up my book and she's like, 
oh, oh, so you didn't self-publish? And I said, no, this is Simon and Schuster. She was like, mm, they took all your money, huh? And I was like, not really. I got a pretty decent advance. How long did it take you to write it? About 18 months, start to finish. What? You took 18 months to write that book? Yes. Child, you could have wrote 10 books in 18 months. I don't stop. When I'm finished writing a book, I could write a book in a week. And I just get up and start the next one. And for some reason, I was choked up. You know, I was like, I admired this woman. If I Even if I didn't like her work necessarily, I definitely admired her business acumen. I definitely admired her whole, you know, self-publishing model. But I didn't like that she was making me feel some type of way about not cranking out book after book after book. And I think I still have some Zane shame, we'll call it, somewhere residually. Because the book I've been working on now, I've been struggling with for a couple of years. And I just think about her being like, book in a week, book in a week, book in a week. Um, so we have to we have to understand that we have those types of things in us. Um, I was very new to book writing at that time. Um, and I accept that I still feel that way, but I can't let that stop me from continuing to work on it. So I'll get some edits back from my editor in about a month. And I'd like to be able to tell y'all that it's coming to bookshelves soon at some point. Oh no, my editor is saying, where are you? We're sending out a search and rescue party to the writing cave. Is everything good? <sighs> that means I gotta go. Yes, that was rude. Um, and yes, Tony did get up at five, as did Terry. Um, and that's discipline. I ain't got that discipline. Um, okay, so Dominique, it will be here. This live goes nowhere. I feel like people don't really know that, Molly. We'll have to explain that to them next time. Okay. You got to so, go. I got to go. And as Wendy Williams used to say when she was on the radio, I love you for listening and watching. I'll see you next week. Bye.